This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So... I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. So today's topic comes to you from your fellow listener. Actually, there's two of these that came my direction, probably three or four if I really think about it over time, and it is, how do I evangelize the ones that are closest to me? We could be talking about family, best friends, cousins, right? Extended family. We could be talking about people that you work with. Some of your neighbors, maybe you're really close in your community or your church people, wherever you are, in your sphere of influence, how do you evangelize? And I'm telling you, I love it when the readings coincide with a pre-planned topic in my head. So let's read the readings and we'll talk about why they coincide. Okay, we've got 1 Corinthians 9, 16 through 19, 22b through 27. I'm getting a little water. Brothers and sisters, I love that. If I preach the gospel... This is no reason for me to boast, for an obligation has been imposed on me, and woe to me if I do not preach it. If I do so willingly, I have recompense, which by the way means reward for some of you that may not know. If I do so willingly, I have a reward. But if unwillingly, then I have been entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my recompense? That when I preach, I offer the gospel free of charge so as to not make full use of my right in the gospel. Although I am free in regard to all, I have made myself a slave to all so as to win over as many as possible. I have become all things to all to save at least some. All this I do for the sake of the gospel, so that I too may have a share in it. Do you not know that the runners in the stadium all run in the race, but only one wins the prize? Run so as to win. Every athlete exercises discipline in every way. They do it to win a perishable crown, 
but we an imperishable one. Thus, I do not run aimlessly. I do not fight as if I were shadow boxing. No, I drive my body and train it for fear that after having preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. <laughs> Going down to the gospel, Luke six thirty nine through 42, Jesus told a disciple a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? No disciple is superior to the teacher, but when fully trained, every disciple will be like his teacher. Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the wooden beam in your own? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove that splinter in your eye, when you do not even notice the wooden beam in your own eye? You hypocrite, remove the wooden beam from your eye first. Then you will see clearly to remove the splinter in your brother's eye. Deep stuff here, people. Deep stuff. Okay. Let's talk about these readings, and then we're going to extrapolate a little bit more about how you can evangelize those closest to you. And always keep in the back of your mind this. Jesus himself had a very difficult time and healed very few people in his own town because they knew him the most. Keep that in mind. It doesn't mean that you don't, <laughs> it doesn't mean that you don't evangelize people. You're not getting off the hook. But you have to maybe look in a different way how you're going to evangelize. But we'll get there. Okay, so in uh, the first Corinthians reader reading <laughs> that I was the reader of, it, it's basically we have an obligation to share the gospel. And here it even says, preach the gospel, right? And when we hear preach, we think, speak about it, talk in a public square, get up and grab a microphone, do it in a big way. Not the case. You can do it with words. You could do it with your life, right? But He's also saying that he's a slave to everyone. He is free, right? He's giving the gospel for free. Nobody's got to pay him kind of thing. But he's made himself a slave to everyone so as to be that person for everyone. You remember the other day I was talking about how we have to approach people uniquely and be different with those in our life, because our relationships are different. Even in our family, where we've all grown up together for many, many years, and then as you become adults, you split up, but you have different relationships with different folks in your family. So you, <laughs> when he's saying he's a slave to all, he did as much as he could to win over as many as possible. Remember, this doesn't mean that you're a doormat. This means that you're loving and caring and charitable. And oh, by the way, are you exercising discipline in your life? He's saying, drive your body and train it. Right? Drive your body and train it. If you're not, then you're taking the lazy way out 
and maybe, just maybe, you will be disqualified after having preached to others because you weren't fully trained. Let's go down to the gospel, right? Can a blind person guide a blind person? I mean, come on, if you don't know your faith, if you aren't living your faith faithfully, what does that mean? If you're living according to the commandments or your life actually reflects quite the opposite, then you're pretty much the hypocrite that Jesus talks about in this gospel, right? And he's saying when you're fully trained, every disciple will be like his teacher. And then the good old splinter beam thing. I mean, how many of us have heard this over and over again? Look, you and me can only control ourselves. Every person if we're not forcefully trying to control someone, right, with force, technically we cannot. We will never be able to control their heart. And the heart is what drives everything. So if we can remove the beam from our heart, then maybe we can remove the splinter in our brother's heart. I know it says I, but you know that everything comes from the heart. And so that, it's our thoughts, it's our words, it's our deeds, right? So that is the place that we need the most healing. The whole reading today, the theme is, look, we are called to do this. We are called to preach it, but most importantly, we are called to live it. We can't preach it if we don't live it. We can't preach it if we don't know it. We can't preach it if we don't love it. The more you read the word, the more the word reads you. I can say it and say it and say it, but so many people still have yet to pick up that Bible, except with me maybe on the mornings where I read the, the verses. Sometimes I don't. So look at yourself. Are you, number one, living according to the faith? Because that is your first step. If you are running around, swearing like a truck driver, snipping at everybody because you have no patience, being maybe the helicopter parent to your kids, hovering over, getting in their stuff, and yet are arguing and fighting and talking behind people's backs. Maybe you're drinking too much. Maybe you've got other addictions that you think people don't know about, but you're still living that way, sinfully. You are a hypocrite if you're going to go turn to your family and say, you should be going back to church, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, blah, blah, blah. I'm using my own life as an example here because when I first was walking this path, I was learning my faith at the same time. So when anyone talked to me about any other spiritual practice, you know, Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism, nothing. I mean, that's, you know, not a spiritual practice. That's more like a law. But in the end, I didn't know. I didn't know my faith, so I didn't feel comfortable to talk about the differences between 
a Catholic and another Christian or any other denomination. And on top of that, I did not know the Bible. I was not reading. I was just going to daily mass. At the same time, I was talking about Jesus and I wanted to bring as many people back to the Catholic church as I could. And I was talking to them about that, about it, about what was happening in my life. But at the same time, I was acting the same. And it wasn't until a friend of mine told me, boy, here you profess to be this, you know, roaring Catholic Christian and listen to how you speak. It was really important to me to change that and then to look as I was again learning the teachings. How am I going to change all these things? Because I cannot walk around with a beam in my heart trying to fix everybody else's splinter in theirs. I got my own self to work on. You and I can only work on ourselves. That's it. Every human being in the world without force cannot control anybody else. So the more that you discipline yourself in the way that you talk, the way that you act, the way that you live, and the more that you are that slave to the people around you, the more they will see the change in you. And this is why my mom came back. And this change in me was why my older brother and I mended a multiple decade hatred. And this is why people can come up to me and ask me questions and I'm not shoving it down their face because they're looking at how different I am now. The people who know me the best, the ones that have lived with me my entire life. When you have a brother who you hate for so many years, say, I'm so proud of you. I can't tell you how amazing watching this Jesus thing in your life is and how much it's impacted me. My brother isn't there. My dad and I have had many talks and my dad's praying the Our Father. And he even said to me the other at his party this July, you know, you have no idea how much I talk to God. And I said, you know, that's awesome, Dad. It really is. I'm so happy to hear that. I could have said, well, get your butt to confession because I know your sins, dude. (laughs) Flames are going to be licking your butt pretty, pretty bad in that hell down there. But I didn't, right? I'm just encouraging him and proud that he's even talking to God. And I do honestly believe that that is a part of the seeds that God is growing. And I've dropped seeds and watered them, dropped seeds and watered them. But the biggest difference is me. (laughs) That's the walking billboard. Me. What I've had changed in my life because of God. It's not because I changed it. As a matter of fact, that's what I try to tell you. I tried for a couple of years to change so much of the things that I knew were wrong. Now things were in my mind. I had the knowledge. I had the understanding of the faith. And I now needed God's grace. I needed to humble myself. I needed to move 
all of that knowledge and understanding into my heart so that I had God's wisdom about how do I approach all this stuff? How do I fix all of these sins in my life? And that was when I realized it has to be with God. So if anyone is out there talking, like in particular, you've had these conversations with your brothers and sisters, your parents, and maybe it doesn't go anywhere, or maybe they turn away and they say, I don't want to talk about this. You know, I've tried many times in the beginning to share with my husband and he was just like, you know what, this is your thing, not mine. And it, it bummed me out. And then when I left my career, right. And I went into ministry, I would have, it was, it's amazing. You people are amazing. I'm sure I've met lots of you, but when I go out and speak, they always ask me about him. (laughs) You all ask, how is he? Is he back in the church? And it used to really hurt me to have to admit that, no, he's not back in the church. He's not going to mass and somehow not make it be about me. I was embarrassed. I mean, I, sh- I was feeling guilty. Like, here I am. This God has changed my life so completely. I feel bad that I haven't brought my husband back. And it's not me. I've given him up to Jesus and Mary, along with my entire family, my extended family, my husband's family. And the only thing that I can do is control myself. With God's help, we need his grace. So you could even talk to these people in your life who have pretty much walked the other way or have told you not to talk about it and say this, look, I just love you so stinking much. And I care about your eternal soul that, yeah, I'm sorry. I might've been like up in your kitchen on this Catholic stuff, but it's really impacted my life. And I just want that for you. I want you to have that peace and that joy and that love. Now, if you are not peaceful, joyful, and loving, then don't say those words (laughs) because it won't, it won't connect. That person would look at you like, God hasn't changed you a bit. Right? It's all about, I want you to have what I've found with God. And it has to change us. We need to respond to our faith. You don't even have to say anything to anyone anymore. You don't have to say that you're not going to say anything anymore, right? Okay, fine. I won't get in your kitchen about Catholicism or anything like that. But what you will do instead is love them. Love them and be a slave to them. Again, don't let them walk all over you, but what is it that you can do for them to make their life easier or better? And what is it that is apparent in your life that if you changed it, people would notice? And you know these things. You know God's brought them up to your eyes. And then God will give you the grace. And actually God will touch the hearts of those around you who will come and talk to you. It can be something that isn't, you know, like if you're taking better care of yourself, if you are losing weight, you know, it could be something that you have looked at your gift of life 
the gift of the body, the Holy Spirit temple that you've been given. And you're not going to poison it with alcohol and drugs, or you're not going to poison it with harmful food and too much weight and lack of exercise. I mean, something like this is physically, physically apparent. But when people say, oh my gosh, you look so great, you could turn it around and say, yeah, I was just abusing this gift of life and this body that God gave me. And man, I feel so much better. I feel so filled more with his energy and his peace. That's another interesting way, you know, like I finally was able to say, I don't have my weight as a Oh, what do I want to say? I don't have it hanging over me because I just don't allow myself to be brought down. And I don't allow myself to get that far where I can't turn back. You know, it's, it's been a great gift because I've been heavier than I have and I've struggled with my weight. I've had bulimia, um, as a younger person And it's no fun. It's no fun. But when you can actually control yourself and through the gift that God gave me, which honestly was this gluttonous kind of mindless eating, people noticed. I mean, every time I would see my brother, which wouldn't be very, he's like, you're looking good. And I'm like, yeah, I just, you know, God just kind of got me into this normal, just eat to live, not live to eat, right? (laughs) Kind of thing. All right. Be patient and kind. That is how you love others. And that is how you love yourself. But you can't teach what you don't know. You can't give what you don't have. So find in your life the areas of improvement that will be visible to others. So that is why my mom came back to the church. We didn't ever really talk about it. She just saw the changes in me. And now my mom goes to mass every Sunday. She prays the rosary every day. Actually, she just shared with me when she was here that since I put my rosary meditations out on YouTube, she prays with me every day. She tells me how much she cries. And she says, and it's not even because you're my daughter. Just (laughs) She says the beautiful things that you say. And it's funny, she uh, also said that you were, um, you had a speech impediment when you were a kid. And they told me that you had problems with your S's. She's like, and now I listen to you on this podcast and your enunciation of stuff is perfect. And that, that, that. it's just, it was great. But it's wonderful when you hear these things from like your parents and your siblings, because they have, and they will notice the change. They have seen it in you and they will Make a comment. Boom. Sidewinder evangelizing time, right? You can slide one in there. Remember, it's training, it's discipline, it's obedience. And if we don't start taking our faith as seriously as a pro athlete or an elite athlete would, we might just be sliding, right? And not making it to the eternal place of rest. The most important part of our lives 
to God is that we answer his call to be a saint and to be a disciple and make disciples. But first we need to know, love, and serve him, which means knowing his word, knowing his commandments, knowing his church. And then we can go share it verbally, but most importantly, by our life. I hope this helps. Excuse me. I hope this helps. If you want me to dive in more, if you have more questions about this topic or any other topic that you want me to cover, I can do series on things. If they're, you know, 10 minutes, even though, you know, I never do 10 minutes, it's like 23 minutes right now. (laughs) Um, I can make it in a couple different series, but this podcast is ours. I want to share with you what's going on in my life, but I want to know what you want me to share, right? This is not the Kendra Von Esch podcast. It's our podcast. You know, we're a big group of virtual spiritual besties hanging out for a few minutes every day, knowing we're all in the same boat, trying to row it in the right direction, sometimes with no oars, it seems. So let's do a short prayer because we need God's grace in order to be the disciples and evangelizers he wants us to be. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with truth, knowledge, your wisdom. Show us how can we evangelize with our life. Show us, raise it up to our eyes. What do we need to work on that will impact everybody around us where we can glorify God? Lord, help us glorify you through our actions, our words, our thoughts, And raise up to our eyes what we need to know. Do we have all the knowledge and understanding? Can we lean on your word, Lord? Tell us what we need. Do we need a prayer life? Do we need to spend more time with you? Do we need more spiritual reading? Do we need more podcasts? Do we need a course to help us pray, to help us discern? Do we need Bible study? Do we need to get in the practice of reading every single day and meditating on your word so that your word speaks to us? Please, Lord, we're dense. We are super dense. (laughs) We need clarity. We know everything is simple and pure when they come from you. So be clear with us. What do we need to work on ourselves to be a better witness? And how do we better know our faith? Mary, please take our left hand and Holy Spirit, take our right. Guide us through this day. Help us be patient and kind with everyone, including ourselves. And Give us the desire 
and the will to live obedient lives. If we are so set on evangelizing our families and bringing them to Jesus, then we need to make those changes and be more disciplined and take action outside of just trying to catechize. And Lord, we need your strength and we need your plan. What do we work on first? Please tell us, tell us, tell us, and tell us plainly and clearly. And we will do our best to love everyone in our lives, to love you more, keep you the center, and of course, our neighbor. Guardian angel, please guide us, lead us, and protect us. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All righty, everyone. Get on out there. It's okay. Take it day by day. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Allow him to prompt you because he will. You'll know the right time to say something if you want to say something. But we most, most all of us need grace to change the sinful ways so that people can look at us and say, whoa, they've been like that their whole life and now they're changed. How did that even happen? Boom. It's God. Glory, glory, glory. And you'll be in heaven. <laughs> Isn't that simple? Right? Oh, I love you all so much. Okay, go find something more with God. You've got this with him. You've got everything. And have a blessed and inspired day.